Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. All right. All right. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show in the bonus? iHeartRadio app. Uh, we got a great odd for you. And we're going to start with John Morant again today. I know tonight is... Uh, Western Conference Finals Game One. Give you some thoughts on that before you go. Obviously, you'll hear him in the you heard him in the radio show as well. But there's a there's a there is another kind of layer to it, and it's how I don't know if it's culpable. How responsible are we in the media for allowing um, John Morant to kind of for a period of time kind of shift the narrative and 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 pretend to be healed of whatever demons possess him in which he has to somehow try and act like he's a thug right so and i thought you know dan had some dan buyer has some interesting thoughts on him jay stew i know you have some interesting thoughts on him i do as well but it all comes back to hey john morant goes away mid-season Right. And my point at the time when he came back was he he wasn't gone that long. I thought the alcohol was a big issue just because I don't there's no one in my life that can take a bottle of tequila and drink it like that. There's nobody in my life that can take a bottle of tequila and just just like that's. Like there, there, it's like the, if you wake up thing and, and the, one of the signs of being an alcoholic is when it starts to hurt other parts of your life, especially your work, right? Which it clearly has here, maybe not in performance, but in all the other things. And when I saw that he didn't go to alcohol rehab, right? When he didn't go to a 12 step program, when he didn't go to AA, when he never, when he says he doesn't have a problem with alcohol, that was to me was the sign of all of this stuff is bullshit to me, right? All of it is, is, is bullshit. And um, he had one interview he did. I, I don't know if he did other interviews. I just remember the Jalen Rose one 
And uh, there's again, there's a lot to it. But here's the interview. Jalen Rose of ESPN with John Morant. How stressful can it be being John Morant? Very. Um, and I felt like, you know, I didn't pay enough attention to that. You know, when it got rough and, you know, I pretty much just let it all build up. And um, that's why I felt like, you know, I needed, you know, my time away to, you know, better myself and, you know, become. What has it been like for you over these last couple of weeks? And how has it been for you to make tough decisions about who you're rolling with as it relates to your inner circle? Um, this definitely has been tough because, you know, I'm big on loyalty. But, you know, I had, like I said, have to, you know, be there for myself. Whose gun were you holding? Well, the gun wasn't mine. Um, you know, I, it's not who I am. I don't condone and, you know, any type of violence. Um, okay, so obviously he's either, he, it looked like he was either holding his gun or another gun in the video in the car. The how stressful can it be, John Rant, is a softball layup bullshit question, right, where you're blaming the stress of things as to how you've acted and reacted. Um, and trying to make decisions over the past couple of weeks, I didn't think it was a great question. My, my guess is, okay, and it's a pretty strong guess because I've been doing this for 20 years, is that Ja was agreed to do an interview with ESPN. And they're like, okay, we're going to have, I mean, who would they have, have do it? I, I don't know who their investigative reporter would be. And they're like, no, you know, I mean, a Jeremy Schapp would be good. Obviously, I mean, you could go, I mean, they've had some great ones. I mean, Brian Kenny interviewing Floyd Mayweather is one of the greatest interviews in the history of the business. Could Ed Wilbon do it? Yeah. Yeah, you could have Wilbon do it. He's been a longtime reporter, longtime journalist. I'm sure they pushed for for Stephen A. Smith, and they landed on Jalen Rose. They landed on Jalen Rose. Um, and and therein lies the lies the flaw. I'm not going to kill Jalen because uh, one, I I know some really good stuff about Jalen the dude, and I do think that uh, we have mutual friends and the people like there's nobody who who he's I, I have the same gene and that I'll never say no to anything. And I, I can fly cross country and get off the plane and go to work. Like he's got a strong work ethic and he's survived there through multiple changes through different uh, department head leadership and whatever, which just shows that everybody genuinely likes him. Okay. And he wouldn't keep his job when they turn over the whole countdown crew, unless People genuinely liked him and thought he did a good job, but he's not an interviewer. That's not what he does. Um, it's probably in truth, the best thing that I do. I'm very comfortable in it, but I've also worked really hard at it. And it's been trial by fire because when I started in this business nationally, 20 years ago, I was doing a show, which we would do sometimes nine interviews a show. So I had to get better, and I worked on it a great deal. It's not who Jalen is. Right? Jalen has a couple of different jobs, right? He's kind of a co- commentator, and then he's been he's done a radio sh- TV show, and he's been a hot taker too. So he does all those things. He does not do interviewing, and it feels like these are probably handpicked questions with a handpicked interviewer, which gives us the you know gives John Morant the best possible chance of looking good. That's what it feels, and this is a classic case of PR trying to make their client look good, and instead making everybody look like clowns. Where you know, at some point, you have to. If you're ESPN, you have to go. We 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 want to interview Ja. We got to have some a legitimate interviewer. Mike Greenberg should do the interview. Greeny should do the interview. He's great. He's a very good interviewer. And, and he's not going to intentionally make you look like an ass. I mean, Greeny is more than competent. He should have done it. Not somebody inexperienced in that. And the other part to it is those are obviously some pre-written questions. All right, uh, Bayer, I give the floor to you. Yeah, Doug, I, I understand a lot of what you said, but honestly, that conversation was two months ago. 
now that we are where we are right now, it shows you the absurd effort by the NBA and ESPN to just get Ja Morant back in the fold, likely for the NBA playoffs. And it there was there the time span from John Morant being spotted at a nightclub in Denver, a strip joint with a gun in his hand and a possible drink, happened on the weekend of March fourth and fifth. John Morant was back being interviewed back with the team on March twenty first. That's two and a half weeks. The day that we found out John Morant was getting suspended by the NBA, and I say day because this is my biggest issue with that interview that you talked about, was that the interview took place in the daytime. So there was obviously some sort of connection to be like, hey, we're... Adam Silver's going to meet with Ja, going to have their meeting, going to hand down the punishment. Then we'll do the TV interview, and guess what? It'll be ready for the six o'clock Sports Center. That's what it was. Like, like they, they, they're they're in bed with each other. Ja had no penalty whatsoever, um, a significant penalty for his actions, and it's why he said Ja will always be Ja when he met back with reporters in Memphis. It was a joke. The whole it this action this past weekend shows what a joke everything was two months ago when he tried to say, yeah, he went and sought help. It is so offensive to the people that you talk about that battle alcoholism or the people that talk you know, with therapists because they're emotion- they have uh, emotional issues, mental issues, grieving the loss of someone else. All of those things were just put pushed aside, ignored, almost made a mockery of because John Morant was able to take a couple of days and talk with someone, and now he's back on track, all to make sure that John Morant was ready to go by mid-April so the Grizzlies and the NBA playoffs could just you know continue and they could have one of their biggest stars. It was such a joke. John didn't learn anything. And and I felt that from the when he spoke with the media that that's why the Jalen Rose interview was was it was just it was so bad and he defended himself. Um, yeah, it didn't. It was just all a it was all a charade. It was a joke, and that's why I am so mad about this or frustrated because it was a team effort. It was not only Ja, it was the Memphis Grizzlies, it was the NBA, it was ESPN. Let's just move this along, and the playoffs are going to start, and this will be in our rearview mirror. And now look where we are. Jason Stewart? <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, Dan had filled in for you. I think it was the day of the Jalen Rose interview. Um, oh, no, it was a week later because, remember, Jalen had gotten a bunch of shit online for how he did it. And then he came out with all these defensive tweets. And one of his defenses was, I'm only getting the haters that, that wanted to sit down with them. They're just jealous that they didn't get the interview. And he was he was talking about Dan. He was talking about Dan Lebitard. He was not talking about Dan Beyer, but Lebitard came out against him as well. And I think yeah. that's who he was you know, yeah. The interesting against. thing about Lebetard is he has always been so in the pocket of athletes forever, right? Um, in defending them, but he's also now the guy who's calling out, you know, Stephen A. over what he's done, and then and then he backed down with with Stephen A. No, no, no. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about you and Skip did, and now everybody's trying to copy that because Stephen A. defended himself that I'm a journalist. Right? I'm glad you brought that up because that was my next point. <laughs> You know, Stephen A. in that interview with Levitard was talking about how he was a journalist, how he came up a journalist. ESPN is supposed to be a news network, a journal founded well, in journalism. Forever, this has forever been the problem with ESPN. Exactly. And, if and you they, own they, the rights, they do, they do know it exists, and it's a hard balance, right, between the we're a rights holder, and 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 just so you know, like what rights rights holders, there's still it's supposed to be some symbiotic relationship, but it's not. And, you know, they fear access being cut off, you know, in that, you know, and, and you're also you're in negotiation year for, for future NBA deals. Now, the truth is that I, I honestly believe I've always believed this, that if uh, a rights holder is ever allowed to honestly cover a sport, it's not going to ch- like if like the NFL does this right. There, there's certain things, places you can't go when you when you're covering the NFL and. Um, uh, you know, you got to defend the shield on some level, right? But if you're ever just honest about it, I think people would like it more. And oh yeah, by the way, it doesn't really affect whether they watch or don't watch, right? They watch the NFL because they can bet on the NFL and they, it's just ingrained in them. 
if you watch the NBA, you watch, I mean, like, I don't believe that any sort of political affiliation was why the numbers were down. They had Steph and LeBron in the same series, so the numbers were up. As long as you have LeBron, the numbers will be up. When he when he's out, you know, if it's the Denver Nuggets, the Nuggets, the, the numbers will be down. Duh. Anyway, but the problem at ESPN, and they know it exists, is serving two masters. If we're trying to serve the fans and be good journalists, can we do that while still being a rights holder and serving the one, you know, our partner, in this case, the NBA? And the answer is no, they can't do it. And you just kind of want to go up to Jalen right now and be like, maybe you didn't notice at the time, but you were in on this ruse. You Mm -hmm. were a vehicle in this sweeping under of the rug. No matter how much you wanted to be defensive in the time, he has to realize that now. I can't believe he thought his questions were good. Like there are shows, Doug, that you do. uh, I I know that I do that. I'm like, okay, that was better than some. Sometimes maybe you don't have the proper feeling of the show maybe it wasn't as good as you thought but to to hear that and how are you what's it like being John ja Morant like you I mean you know you laughed he at the- he, I, I think it's because he hasn't done enough he doesn't know and then on that set when he walked off you know how it is you've been on those sets where everybody's like man that was awesome that was amazing great job really <laughs> really good job nobody ever tells you Again, it's a lot like the NBA. It's all like NBA players. Nobody ever tells you bad stuff. So when you hear bad stuff, it feels worse. Honestly, this is my this this is in a snapshot of my existence covering college basketball, where I felt like I was the first guy to try and tell it like it is, and it and I got labeled as super negative. I'm like, dude, I'm not negative at all. If you look at the balance and positive and negative, positive far outweighs it. But I walked into a landscape where Dick Vitale was the biggest thing ever. And Dick Vitale tries to not say anything bad about anybody. Right. And so everybody else is like, well, if he's the most successful, I'm going to do that. You know, and the CBS guys, they all they want to do is, hey, let's make sure we say things, positive things. And it doesn't mean you're not you're saying things that are negative, but you can just be honest about it. Um. Yeah, I, I would guess that he, the, the attaboys he got were from people on that set that don't know anything about anything. And again, much like NBA players, he's he's he, you know, he got attaboys from people that don't know shit about shit. There's there's a lot to digest with Ja, what's going to happen, what's going to happen with his status with the league, with the Memphis Grizzlies. But this just this was kind of just the cherry on top for how bad that was. The whole scenario, how it played out two months ago. Hopefully now people can start getting real with what is going on and what's at stake. And and, and Doug, even with the, even with the uh, job being kind of arrogant and the the bad interview and how quickly it was, it was just the fact that they tried to to tell people that Jaw was okay after talking with someone for a couple of days in Florida. Like that that's it's that's embarrassing. it's yes, it is. It, it is embarrassing, it's insulting. Um you insult our intelligence by doing that and I think I yeah, it's just that is just what has rubbed me the wrong way the entire time so much. Agreed. Understood. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. They're like, you know, who's really good? Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, going to win. Not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a, is, a, is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. Nev- yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you, you telling me? You've seen the whole time. 
And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling to watch college hoops this winter? No, you got to stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball just like us. Each hotel has a unique look, inspired by the local team and its traditions. And as a sports fan, you'll really get graduate hotels and all the cool specific design details. Chapel Hill, Bloomington, East Lansing stores, they're all in hometowns of some of college basketball's most iconic programs. And the hotels bring you into that story with every visit. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels has over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. So the odds are there's one out there where you're going, especially games and big conferences. Check out all the graduate locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off a stay with the code Doug. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. Let's get to what the Fox said. And now. <laughs> what does the Fox say? Let, let's start with Shannon Sharp. He said this about what LeBron's legacy as a Laker would be if they win the title this year. I don't care if he has another four rings. He's not going to pass Magic. He's not going to pass Kobe. And I don't think he, the people will think he'll pass Kareem. Kareem played 14 seasons with the Lakers. He has five titles, a finals MVP, and three MV, regular season MVPs. Kobe, 20 seasons, five titles, two finals MVPs, one regular season MVP. Magic, 13 seasons, all with the Lakers, Skip. Five titles, three finals MVPs, three regular MVPs. So I don't believe Braun can pass those guys. Shaq. Uh, Shaq played eight seasons, three titles, three finals MVPs, and a regular season MVP. But everybody else, it's it, it going to be very questionable. I don't see how you put Jamal Wilkes in front of him. I understand he has, he'll have three titles, but LeBron James probably will have, if he gets two, maybe two finals MVPs, he moves ahead of Jamal Wilkes, in my estimation, of all-time great Lakers. Mm. Uh, James Worthy played 12 seasons, three titles and a finals MVP. I believe he will move ahead of James Worthy. Elgin Baylor, went to, he played 14 seasons, eight finals appearance. He didn't win any. Uh, Jerry West, one title and nine appearances. Uh, so, for me... I think you'd have to say if he wins another title, Skip, I would say you'd have to say he's a top five Laker. Completely agree. Completely agree. Like, look, you're, you're never going to... Magic's the greatest Laker ever. Uh, Kobe is the most popular Laker ever. Okay? Those two, you're not ever going to challenge. You're just not. I actually don't put Kareem in that mix. I, I understand that all that Kareem accomplished in his career, and he played at UCLA... But we pay homage to Kareem, but Kareem has always been, you know, he's just been lukewarm. There's a reason. Remember, he coached in the NBA, just not with the Lakers. You know, he's never really been part of that circle uh, for a lot of reasons, mostly because he can just be difficult. He's just a pain in the ass. So I think LeBron goes from a guy who played for the Lakers and won a title to one of the greatest Lakers ever if he can win a second title at 38. That, that's, that's a legit thing. And, um, you know, I, I wish I could 
I wish I could express it otherwise, but that's the reality to it. Here's Colin Cowherd talking about a report that Kevin Durant would like James Harden to play with the Suns. This is a bad look for Kevin Durant, who I've defended many times. So remember, he got tired of Steve Kerr. Yeah, Steve's really good. He got tired of Steve Nash. He got Kenny Atkinson uh, let go of his duties before that. And Atkinson is right now one of the leading candidates to get a job. The Warriors gobbled him up immediately as an assistant. Uh, Jacques Vaughn, he recently said no thanks. Uh, Scott Brooks, he worked with for years. Can't really count him, but he got tired of Monty Williams. So there's Steve Kerr. There's Monty Williams. Jacques Vaughn. Kenny Atkinson. These are really, you know, thought of as really good coaches. And he can't work with any of them. And now there's a story today. The James Harden, the surprise team in the mix, is the Phoenix Suns. Put a kibosh to this, KD. This is a bad look. You're becoming weird and eccentric. It's okay to make poor decisions. LeBron James, great basketball IQ, has made poor decisions. Remember he wanted Shabazz Napier drafted? He wanted Westbrook to the Lakers? But LeBron moves off bad decisions and then generally doesn't do them again. James Harden after Kyrie and Harden? You talk about a bad sequel. Um, I actually don't hate it. I'm not a James Harden guy. If James Harden's your best player, you're not going to win a championship. If he's your second best player, you're not going to win a championship. Um, and if you have anybody else in your go-to lineup that isn't a good defender, you're not going to win a championship. But as a facilitator who can occasionally take over a game, and again, a lot of it comes down to what would the price be, I don't hate it at all. James Harden's an elite passer uh, who can make shots, and though he will never be the NBA's leading scorer again, the way he was previously in his career, um, his game, though not timeless, um, it's it's not really dependent upon being explosive. It's a little bit like KD there. So I, I'd have to know what the entirety of the plan is, right? Obviously, they got to get rid of DeAndre Ayton. Obviously, they got to get rid of Chris Paul. But they still need somebody who can handle the basketball, get it to those guys, because that's not the strength of Devin Booker. That's not the strength of Kevin Durant. I actually think Kevin Durant has a much better feel for what he needs around him than what LeBron has. Um, so, you know, he's talking about coaching. Colin's talking about coaching. This is just, hey, I've worked with him before. I know his strengths. I know he can facilitate. And I don't want him to be our second best player, but third best player, well, we could work with that. Again, what that would mean is you're going to have to get a rim protector and a small ball five. That's two different players. Right? And then you're going to have to fill out the roster. And we'll, we'll see how much money James Harden wants as he has a player option, which means he's likely to opt out and they get a new deal. But but I'm not as down on that deal as others would be. Here's LeVar Arrington, what he said about Deion Sanders and what he's building at Colorado. He is building a team. Like, he's not, he's not playing around. So what's going to happen is it's going to come down to it's always going to be Joes over X's and O's. Always. And if you bring in enough Joes and 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 you got some warriors on that team, they're going they're going to win. I mean, there's a strong possibility they are going to win. Now, here's what's more interesting. This is where the Icarus theory could take place, Jonas. Thinking that Shador is a franchise quarterback. Now, that's the possibility of Icarus, meaning if he is what – if Dion thinks his son is what he he is as a QB, then there's a strong possibility Shador Sanders will not only be up for the Heisman, but the amount of hype that would be able to accompany him out of Colorado with his dad, he'll win it. Um, Look, I've talked to a lot of people uh, in college football – and they've told me that mo- most of this is not a surprise. It-, it was weird that he kept so many guys around to practice during spring practice and to go through the spring game. 
before ultimately saying, hey, your services are no longer welcome. Um, but it was it was known that he was going to completely um, upend the roster. And my, my question, there, there's, I, I think that LeVar nailed two different things which are true. Okay, one, Shador better be good. If Shador is not good, none of the rest matters. It just doesn't. It doesn't matter. Um, if Shador isn't good enough, they won't be good enough. So he's betting. You he better be bet on the right horse. And it's really hard when you're somebody's dad to make that call. It just is. I think some of us as dads are very realistic, and sometimes we massively underrate or undervalue our kids. We hold them to a ridiculously high standard. But the truth is that you're blinded by love and it changes your evaluation. So that one gives me pause. The other one, and this is a real thing, is I don't know how you build culture in a program when you have a completely new team and you have that completely new team starting in the summer. Uh, There's limited times in which you can be together. You can walk through some things. You can implement some things. But it's really, really hard to build a culture of how you want to practice, how you want to compete, when you're doing it in the summer, you don't even have the spring to do it. That's the really difficult. You can go and get a team from the portal. He'll go and get some really good pieces. But I don't know. And then what happens is if year one, it's not very good. Does that hurt you? And then do you run guys off again in year two and you go through the same process again? Because look, if you get a whole new team from the portal and you're not very good this year and you can keep them and then next year they're back and now they're by year two or year three, they're really, really good. That's a a reasonable build process. The problem with it is, man, there's guys that are just here today and gone tomorrow. You know, if a kid's good, he'll want to go to the NFL draft. If he's good, he'll want to put himself back in the portal and get more money. And if he's not playing as much, he'll want to put himself back in the portal. Now, the the way to the, the hard part of navigating that is that the, the new portal rules, it's very difficult. And we'll see about second time transfers. So those kids may be stuck. Now there's a downside to, Hey, you might, is that if you take the wrong kids out of the portal with multiple years, they're part of your 85. Do you guys understand what that means? Okay. You have 85 scholarships and he, in year one, you have the runoff rule where you don't have, have to worry about APR. You can run guys off. You can completely turn over your program. It doesn't hurt you. But when you take on new guys, All of those new guys, based upon the new rules, they are are part of your APR, that's your academic progress report, and they are part of your 85 until they graduate. Because they're not supposed to be able to transfer a second time. It protects them, it protects you, et cetera, et cetera. But if you take guys that aren't good enough because you took them in the portal, you can't run them off a second time. It's way harder to do so. So do I think ultimately uh, they'll have a, they'll definitely have a football team. Do I think it'll work? Yeah. Will it work and make them an elite program? I I don't know. That's honestly, a lot of depends on Shadur and if they're going to give him the time, but is he an elite? Remember he was not a highly touted prospect and yeah, they tore up. um, They tore up HBCUs. But that's an extremely low level of college football by comparison. And they had the best players in the league. And they were well coached. That's what the Fox says. And now. What does the Fox say? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, are you traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, you should do yourself a favor and do what I do, which is stay at graduate hotels. You know, Bridgestone Arena and Target Center, their, their hotels are both really close to the tournament venues, and they're obsessed with college sports just like me. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and the local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school mascots, colors, whatever. Why would you stay anywhere else? You know, Graduate Hotels is the perfect spot the next time you go to see a game. There's over 30 hotels, coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. And odds are, wherever you're going, especially if you're taking a college trip with your kids, upcoming conference tournament, or just a big college game, you can check them all out at graduatehotels.com. And here's the ultimate win. My listeners can get 30% off with the promo code Doug. That's Doug. Good at any Graduate Hotel. Remember, you can book today, and here's how you do so. 30% off with the promo code Doug at graduatehotels.com. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Let's find out who or what's annoying Jason Stewart. And now, it's your annoying. This is a great one, Doug. I, I really like this one. Um, and this happened all within like, like I don't know, six hours. So this morning, I was just kind of doing my normal uh, prep discovery, right? And I noticed that Becky Hammond granted an interview to Time Magazine. Um, and her comments just come off as so ungracious. Um, her comments to Time Magazine about a possible NBA job. I love being here. I love being here on the women's side. I don't need a stamp of approval from the NBA. I'm not going to beg for any jobs. <laughs> and I'm thinking that... That sounds pretty ungracious, and it's not really something you say in a hiring season while while teams like the Raptors are supposedly um, considering you. And then, a couple hours later, uh, breaking news. Uh, the Las Vegas Aces are going to lose their 2025 first-round pick as Becky Hammond is going to be suspended for a couple games to start the season as she had some kind of, um, I don't know, violation of uh, promises of impermissible uh, benefits to a uh, for a contract extension of one of her players. And then she also created like a, uh, a toxic workplace. She's, she uh, violated workplace po- policies but with a comment that she made about her player Hamby's uh, pregnancy. So Becky Hammond, in in the course of a day or so, has basically torpedoed her NBA head coaching hopes and now uh, is on the cusp of losing her WNBA job. Well, let's start with the NBA. She's not waiting by the phone because she's not getting the call. Right. Okay. And what, what I've been told from several different people, front offices and in the coaching profession in the NBA is she is not well liked. Now, I I also understand, I I understand that when you're different and you're a woman, it's going to rattle some people's cages and there's some jealousy involved. I totally understand that. I I completely understand that. Um, So I don't have firsthand knowledge of, oh, I was, 
hanging out with her. And I, but I've just been told she's not a particularly good coach in the NBA. And the Portland example is the perfect example. The owner wanted to hire her. And they called San Antonio and nobody was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And so they're like, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not doing that. Um, so I, I don't know what it is. I do know that she, she has a personality that can rub people a little bit the wrong way. But I also know that there's just a, a level of how coaching works that, you know, dudes got to be able, got to be willing to not just, uh, you know, run through hot coals for you, but it's a lot about you're managing egos. You can't be managing your own. So I think there's a lot to it there with her that's missing and why she's not uh, in the W in the NBA, nor will she be in the NBA. And everyone is scared to say it because it, it feels like you'd, you'd come across as anti-woman and like, look, the reality is it's, it'd be hard for any woman to be a head coach in the NBA. It's hard enough for guys that didn't play NBA basketball. But there are plenty of guys that haven't played NBA basketball. There are guys that are lifers and they've, they've worked their way up. Eric Spolstra works his way up through the film room. Of course, his dad was a, was a GM back in the day. So there is, there are others, and she played at a high level. But, like, she's got a super complex past. Remember, she played in Russia and played for the Russian national team. So she actually has, you know, had dual citizenship. Um, now, most of that is done, and other players do that because you can't play for the United States. But again, there's just she's just a complex person. And uh, the latest thing is weird because, you know, it appears like she was pushing a woman who was pregnant, you know, to to sign a contract. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I just know it's not a good look when you're suspended two games after winning a title and your team loses a first round pick. It feels like that'd be kind of a valuable thing and kind of a big punishment. So what she did was wrong. And however you handle yourself in the workplace on text messages, that's a yikes. So, yeah, I, I, and, and I, and do I think this is a big thing in the NBA? No, I, I, I don't. But I also think that it does point out what people have said to me, which is like players, at least men's players, NBA players, they didn't like her. They just didn't like her. They didn't, whatever her personality or coaching style was, they didn't like her. You can't make people like somebody they don't like. And um, then I, I think, so I, I think you can draw a parallel in that her, however she handles herself, no understanding the room, reading what the room is and what you should actually say. If she can't do it in the WNBA, she definitely not going to be able to do it in the NBA. But that's a weird story. It's a it's a definite definite weird story. Um, second on my list today are the uh, Blue Jays announcers who uh, got their panties in a wad last night when they saw uh, Aaron Judge looking into the dugout before he had a 462 uh, foot home run. Um, I don't know if you know the story, Doug, but for the listeners, um, the Yankees were up six nothing. And um, the Blue Jays announcers noticed that Aaron Judge was glancing into the dugout right before the pitch was coming. Um, Aaron Judge was asked about it afterwards, and he says he was looking into the dugout to identify who was chirping about bad calls. He's like, I don't like that, especially if we're up 6 nothing. I was looking into the dugout to identify who was doing it. Um, now... Whatever that bullshit excuse is, that's not what's annoying about this. What's annoying is that the Blue Jays announcers made a thing out of this. Of all the things that you, you can do cheating-wise in baseball, and we've been doing it for 150 years, you can look into the dugout if one of your players or one of your coaches has the signs. That That's well within, the, the, that's well within bounds of, of cheating in baseball. What isn't is using a video to look at the signs and then hitting a, a trash can in the dugout for, for if it's a fastball or not. That's cheating. But there's nothing wrong with this. Even if Judge was picking up the signs, which I'm sure he was. Uh, his whole excuse is bullshit, but this is gamesmanship. This is baseball. This is what kind of annoys me about the uh, Blue Jays announcer. Um, okay, so what did he do? He looked in the dugout? Right before the pitch, he looked in the dugout, yep. And that's how he could tell what pitch was coming? That's my guess. 
That's don't they ha- don't they have the new technology there where the, yeah. the 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 pitcher is pressing a button to call his own pitch, right? Something like that, but maybe by by the placement of the catcher. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that that's what he was looking for was the placement of the catcher. I don't know. I do know that his answer was bullshit. Um, but that to me, I don't care because people have been picking up signs for years and years on this thing. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm. I, I m- one of my things about sign stealing the old fashioned way is, um, there's a reason that you have indicators, right? Because you're 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 trying to deceive somebody and not just tell them what's coming. Like we know that's how you know it's existed all these years. It's, it's like you, you can't just hold up a sign and said, here's what the, what pitch is coming. So if you didn't have the deception, then, you know, it, it, the deception only proves that people have been looking for a long time. Right. That That's kind of your point. Yes. And I agree with you. It's annoying. What else? Um, and the third one. So Becky Hammond is annoying. Yes. And this uh, Blue Jays announcers are annoying. And then Darvin Ham, man, he's really annoying today. You know, as they, as they try to go... Uh, Go to the uh, the NBA Finals. They start their uh, conference finals tonight against the Nuggets. He was asked how uh, the team plans to, to limit what uh, what Jokic could do, and Darvin Ham had the balls to say to catch him outside his house and kidnap him. <laughs> do you know how like distracting that would be, Doug, for the Lakers or trying to win a title? If if the head coach kidnapped the other team's best team, how much of a scandal that would be? Is it, wasn't that the wasn't that the uh, uh, what was the Celtics movie? Um, oh man, Celtic Pride. Celtic Pride. Wasn't that the, <laughs> wasn't that the premise of Celtic Pride? Daniel Stern, Dan Aykroyd, and one of the Wayans brothers. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that he, I think Darvin Ham needs to not do that. That would be annoying. Obviously, tongue planted firmly in cheek with that one, right? So, Darvin Ham, Becky Hammond, and uh, the uh, Blue by, Jays by the way, the by the way, uh, it was Mike O'Hara and Jimmy Flaherty. They're united with their love for Boston and its sports teams. The Celtics dropped Game Six to the M- the NBA Finals to the Utah Jazz. For Game Seven, Mike and Jimmy find themselves depressed and homeless. On top of that, Mike has moved back in with Jimmy after his wife Carol fed up with his unhealthy obsession with the Celtics, left him and took their son Tommy to be with her. Jimmy and Mike stumble upon the Jazz's selfish, arrogant shooting guard, Lewis Scott, at a Boston nightclub, hoping to get him drunk so that he'll be hung over for Game 7. They pose as Utah fans. However, they end up kidnapping him. And he wakes up in Jimmy's apartment, right? So, like, this is basically Celtic pride. That would be bad. So the next time um, you hear an athlete or a coach or an announcer do the cliche, I mean, they wouldn't even they wouldn't even believe this if it was written in Hollywood. This isn't a script that they would even believe. Then you could you could just read that summary for Celtic Pride. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> uh, what's the most annoying? Becky Hammond's the most annoying, right? She's obviously playing the victim, and. Um, when it's like, look, she's gotten opportunities and she's a head coach and it, it feels, yeah, she's just trying to create a narrative there that doesn't actually exist. Becky Hammond. You're annoying! Why are we doing this? Why do I? Because we can. Whoa, what do we got here to make us laugh that we can only play here on the Doug Gottlieb Show in the bonus podcast? Uh, Barkley went on a Barstool Sports pod and said this. I remember one time we were playing the Celtics, talking to Larry, who was amazing. So it's my team at this point because Doc and Moses are gone. And Larry says, Chuck, can I talk to you a second? I said, sure, what's up, LB? He says, yo, man, y'all being disrespectful to me. I said, Larry, I would never let one of my players be disrespectful. He's like, yeah, y'all being disrespectful. I said, what are we doing? He says, y'all got a white guy trying to guard me. (laughs) I'm like, what? I'm like, what? He's like, and there's only two guys said that to me, him and Michael. Yeah. Michael said to me one game, he said, yo, man, y'all, I'm just offended out here. What you offended by? Y'all got a white guy trying to guard me. Larry and Michael are the only two guys. And you, you, and you gotta laugh. Yeah, of course. I mean, you gotta laugh. It's I'm a like, setup too. Yeah, you get, he's you get like, your hook, hook, line, and sinker. What's like, happening out here? Hey, man. 
Don't put a white guy on me. That's just fucking disrespectful. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's so funny. That's incredible. That's a great sound. Why can we play that for you? Because we can. Uh, tonight, game one of the NBA uh, Conference Finals. Let's give him our pick of the night. Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby! It's time for the pick of the day. All right, pick of the day comes from the association as we're getting you ready for tonight's um, NBA Eastern and Western Conference Finals. You know what I hate? I hate the when guys, they randomly pick how many games it's going to go in. How many games. So just the Western Conference Finals tonight, the Nuggets are six-point favorites. Six-point favorites. Um, this one is, is screaming at you to take the Lakers, and I will do so. Game ones are the games that the road team can steal. They have plenty of rest. They haven't been in altitude that long. This one is, we will find out a lot about, if the Nuggets win tonight, it's going to be, I, it feels like it could be a short series. But I think this one's very much in play. Game ones always are. Go back and look at just the last series. Right? Just the last series. Not only did the Lakers beat the Warriors on the road, the Heat beat the Knicks on the road. Um, did the Sixers win on the road game one? I'm trying to think. But, I mean, there's, and then what was the, obviously the Nuggets maintain home court advantage, but game one is the one that's always in question. It will be a close game. Six is too many. Give me the Lakers and the points. That's our pick of the day. All right, that's it for the In the Bonus podcast. Remember to listen to the Doug Gottlieb Show daily, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, or, of course, if you're listening on the pods right now. I'm Doug Gottlieb. We'll check you tomorrow. This is In the Bonus. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.